Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, wow, the year of our Lord, 2021. This is July the 27th. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. You know, I mentioned that there was so much incredible content at Freedom Fest that I was not able to get it all in in the six hours that we had, eight hours that we had live uh, on the ground uh, in Rapid City, South Dakota. So I recorded a bunch of interviews, and I'm going to play some of them back as fresh content right from the event. Uh, and we're going to be doing this for the next several days. I got nine or ten interviews that I did that I think are worthy of your listen. Here they are. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio, live at freedomfest.com. Wow, it's already July, Friday, the 23rd, 2021. And, man, we're live at Freedom Fest. It's the third day of the event, and all kinds of things are happening everywhere. To my right, Beth Ann, the one and only Common Sense Talk Radio, broadcasting live right now from the event. I'm doing an after-the-show interview that will run back while we're traveling home, so it'll be fresh content, to say the least. Uh, we've got guests and events going on all day long. It's incredible, ladies and gentlemen. FreedomFest.com. If you can't be here in person, there is a streaming option. Check that out. If you can be here in person, would love for you to come to our dinner tonight. The dinner tonight's going to have sheriffs speaking, all be speaking. Loving Liberty ladies will be speaking. It'll be an incredible catered event, dinner speakers just a whole lot of fun you're going to meet and greet and shake hands and a whole lot more we've also got our breakout sessions going on uh four sheriffs on a panel with a former sheriff moderator how do you like that sheriff richard mack speaking out boldly about his greatest 10th amendment decision ever rendered in america where he beat bill clinton at the supreme court and more so that's going on but man i got a blast from the past guest for you now jim babka DownsizedDC.org. Not only do we hear you're back, you're right in front of us. You're back, huh? I am back. All right. Catch us up on what happened a little bit. We don't need the inside details, but give us kind of an idea, though. When people disappear and come back, it's kind of, you got to go, what happened? What's up? Well, we... Uh we spent a lot of money on programmers, I guess is what you could say. Uh, the web, running the web, uh, website is not what it was uh, in the previous decade, and, and so we, uh, we had to recalibrate. We had to re reconsider what we're doing, but we've got a brand new plan, and we're very excited about it. And we're going to talk about that new plan. Do you have what it takes to be an, an agenda setter is the question. DownsizedDC.org is the website, and they say uh, you can set the agenda. For all of America with a simple little trick, option activism. Uh, we want to talk about that. But before we do, I just kind of want to know, is it really that powerful, Jim? Come on now. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to have, I think this is going to really be great. Um, we, as you know, we were sending letters to Congress. We were encouraging yes. our people to send letters to Congress. And we had some success with that. But over time, lots of people are, have that service now. And that channel has become very clogged. And it was getting very hard to kind of get through, to cut through the noise. 
and the new approach that we're taking. Uh, we're starting off with uh, trying to find 300 people in every congressional district in the country. Uh, and, and those 300 people will visit their congressional offices in waves of three, five, or six at a time, wave after wave coming in the office saying, we want you to, in, uh, to co sponsor the Read the Bills Act or sponsor the One Subject at a Time Act and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, so 300 just at a time. And uh, you, you're asking about option activism? Hold on. Before we get into that, there, right. well, 300 people at a time, and that's every district? We're, we're looking for every district, yes. So how many now, districts are there? Do you there's know? 435 House districts. All right. I want people to understand this. So we're talking about federal districts or you know, general districts, if you will. Uh, and there's 435. So we need 435 times 300 people, right? Yes. What's that? Just over 12, 1,300 people or something? Uh, just over 100, about 130,000 right there. But we don't probably, you know, we may oh, fall 130, short. 130,000? Yeah, we may, may, we may okay. fall short in... in uh, in, in, in re reaching our goal, we think we're going to need about 100 to 200,000 people nationwide to just consistently pass yeah, the bills. 130,000 people, okay. Yeah. Um, but falling short isn't the point. The point is you got to get enough people to make the waves happen. That's the real key. That if is you, the key. If you have a smaller number of people but more dedicated people, like if Sam's willing to go often and Jim's willing to go often and, and Jay and Beth and Larry, you know, we're willing to go often, we can still make the waves happen. They just get to know us a little better, right? <laughs> yeah, but what we want them to do is get this, get a sense that this is there's a little bit of a groundswell happening in their yes, district. Yes, sir. Agreed. And, and the traffic you know, of going into the congressional office is not that thick. So uh, we think we can cut through a lot of the noise. And that's and, why I say even if you have a 100, 100 rotating around, five at a time. You know what? You got 20 times five groups rolling through. Uh, hey, that has impact, real impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. So, uh, but we've, we've, we put an additional wrinkle on this because over the years, one of the things that we've noticed is uh, apathy is a very natural force uh, in uh, public choice economy. They call it rational apathy. We all have things that we should be paying attention to, but we're not, you know, maybe it's our finances or our diet or whatever. We're not doing exactly what we know we should be doing. And, and one of the re main reasons for that is we don't think it's going to work. So we've come up with this concept called option activism. In, in uh, the world of finance, people know that an option is a, is a promise to do something in the future when certain conditions are met. So the condition we're actually saying here is step one, come to downsizedc.org, sign up to be one of the 300, and then just wait because we're not going to call you back. We're not going to get everybody rolling until we have all 300. You will not be wasting your time. There will be groups of three, five, and six going in waves. Y you will be participating in something that has a good odds of success. That's, I think, important because I know people are just kind of like, man, I go to a political meeting and me and the three other people who were there, they were there every time, but it's only us three or four. And yep. they get frustrated. They walk away. They go, come on now. Uh, and, and they're like, I don't have time for this. And so if you wait until it reaches some kind of a critical mass, I think that has validity on one hand. On the other hand, I want to make sure we get there. Yes. So we're working on that recruitment phase right now. We're trying to get to that, that 300 in every district. Yesterday, uh, uh, day before yesterday, we had 85 people uh, sign up. That's, that's our present focus, is to get people to come. So you go to downsizedc.org. Uh, the uh, bill that I'm promoting the most while I'm here at Freedom Fest is the One Subject at a Time Act, which, uh, Sam, if you may recall, is the, the title has one topic, it's clear and descriptive, and the rest of the bill has to conform to that title. They can't, no more log rolling, no more steamrolling, no more clustering stuff into bills that is completely, you know, ideas that are completely unrelated. And... Uh, uh, we're promoting that bill here specifically because it's introduced in both the House and the Senate. We have 10 co-sponsors in the House. I think that's really important because I think that's, there's very simple things that could make a lot of difference if we could just get them done. 
Yeah, and so all of the, all three of our bills that have to do with uh, with governmental reform, the Read the Bills Act, the One Subject at a Time Act, the Write the Laws Act, uh, these bills are all designed to be levers, right? Archimedes said, give me a, a lever long enough and a place to stand and I'll move the entire world. And so we're looking for these high leverage things. The One Subject at a Time Act and the Read the Bills Act both have high leverage things that would, would essentially downsize D.C., uh, in, in terms of how they would reform Congress. The Write the Laws Act would deal with the fact that bureaucrats write, un, uh, unelected bureaucrats, write regulations uh, that are just as binding as laws as if Congress did it. And, and we're saying, no, that's, that's not their constitutional power, and we're putting it back where it belongs. The People's House has to be making those decisions, and the people need to be heard from. And so each one of these things are designed to be you know, high leverage reforms, things that can make dramatic change over a whole course of areas. So if your concern is the FDA and healthcare, or if your concern is you know, the way the all the wars the government engages in, or if it's about you know, surveillance and civil liberties, whatever your concern is, uh, it could be better addressed, you would have more power with these bills being the law of the land. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's important. Uh, it's something that we can do. Now, I want to mention the zero aggression principle because I think this really relates. When you go into these offices, ladies and gentlemen, and politely advocate for the Read the Bills Act, the One Subject at a Time Act, etc., you need to go in there and, and be direct and be, um, you know, insistent because they work for you. Uh, but you got to go in with zero aggression, right, Jim? Yeah, zero aggression. And uh, th this is our philosophy, and, and it's basically that you don't initiate force. You don't use violence to get what you want. And uh, we're not even going to get, you know, uh, particularly angry about this. We're just going to do. We're going to be happy warriors, as it were, and go in and and uh, ask the government to stop aggressing against us. But we're going to continue to use our, the means uh, that have been provided to us uh, the, through the founding fathers of going in and petitioning uh, for the redress of our grievances. All right, option activism. Usually, option has choices. Uh, in other words, different things that can happen. If this happens, this we do this. If that happens, you can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, is there more options than um, just saying wait for the three hundred, sign up and wait? Not at this time. Uh, we're we're uh, in a restart or relaunch mode, and our most important goal right now is getting to some to three hundred in some districts, beginning to de demonstrate that this concept can work. If we can demonstrate that this concept can work, we can do this with other legislation. The type of legislation that we're going to be seeking is going to be what I call transpartisan in nature. And by that, I mean it doesn't it transcends political boundaries. You don't have to be a Republican or a Democratic, conservative, liberal or libertarian in order to support it. It's, it's something that gets widespread support. So over the years, when I've talked about read the bills, people have been like, well, yeah, of course. And that's like, you know, 99 percent, you know, it's one subject at a time. They're usually 80 to 90 percent agree with that. So we want to take proposals that have the ability to transcend those lines and bring Americans together uh, to, to get passed. And so that's where we're going to focus. And the first step is getting to 300. We're going to have some, some other plans and do some other things down the road we've talked about. But the step one is just uh, that credibility of getting the 300. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the magic number is 300. Why'd you pick that number? Uh, sheepishly, I'll admit, I, I like the, the movie, The 300. And 300 right. men stood in Thermopylae, and they, they held off the, the Syrians. I think we actually have an opportunity uh, to do if, if we're wrong, we'll figure that out very, very quickly. But I think 300 visiting offices, that's, not some, that's a number that doesn't usually show up for virtually anything. I think it's a chance for us to take in ideas that are inherently popular because they're transpartisan. And with, an, with a significant enough pressure, we get a significant number of representatives to sign on. Yeah, believe it or not, 300 is a small enough number to be doable, but a big enough 
enough number to have impact too. There's there's Bingo. kind of some magic there. If you go back and look at the Bible, you know the Lord reduced His army, reduced Gideon. His army, reduced His right, yeah, to the point where mm, those numbers kind of seem a little bit significant there for other reasons, and that's kind of why I ask. Yep, yep, that was in my thinking too. All right, uh, was there a brain trust behind this, or is this all Jim, uh, myself, and uh, Perry Willis? Uh, we we were able to you know kind of bring the band back together, so. All right, I love it. We're going to have you on continually to keep up on what's going on, just like we did before. We we want to uh, downsize D.C. That's, in my opinion, probably one of the most important things we can do is downsize D.C. One of the things we've got to do, too, Jim, one, put on the political pressure by our greater numbers, uh, use the 300, use this incredible activism option, if you will. Um, but there's a few other things that we need to make sure we do, too. We can set the, the agenda for all Americans with Oct option activism but we also need to really somehow we can do the read the bills um act we can do the one issue at a time i, I get all these things i agree a hundred percent but one of the things we've got to do is somehow stop the flow of cash to these people i mean you know what with that cash they can do almost anything without it they're almost shanghai and shut down right so we've got to find a way to n not only do these things but take a swipe at their cash I agree. Uh, we had a proposal, if you recall, to deal with uh, uh, the, the monopoly that they had with, via the dollar uh, called the Free Competition Currency Act. We're not presently offering it. And the reason is, is that when we, we talked about that, we, we floated that out to, the, to our supporters about you know, bringing that bill back. They said, we've got Bitcoin and cryptocurrency now. And uh, there is evidence that that uh, has some leverage, that that could be something that, that uh, takes away some of this monopoly control, particularly if an inf a significant hyperinflationary event occurs. And gosh, you know, you, s you hear the rumblings, you know, the, the earthquake in the distance coming. I, I, you know, but I agree with you completely. We, we do need to, uh, to starve the beast. All right, well, we're going to let this unfold. We're going to get involved. DC.org is where you go, ladies and gentlemen, to become one of the 300 to take this activism option for yourself and then kind of sit back and watch it unfold. The more you can get people to sign up, though, the sooner we reach 300 in a given district out of the 435 congressional districts in America, uh, the sooner we can uh, get this off the ground and watch the success of this and then duplicate that success all across the country that's what it's about uh, in the meantime jim anything else for us to know welcome back yeah it's good to be here i'm so heartened to find that you're still here behind the microphone doing your good work you want to know something cool yes we're celebrating our 25th anniversary of liberty roundtable live this year buddy that is fantastic congratulations i've been in the media longer but this show syndicated and everything else 25 years man that is amazing. It's kind of crazy. Yes. All right, my friend, it's delightful to see you. Glad you're back. We'll keep a tab on what you're doing and have you back often to kind of chart the progress of this. We need to think outside the box, ladies and gentlemen. We need to never give up. And most importantly, we need to downsize DC.org. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Liberty Roundtable Live. There you have it, man. Interviews are just incredible at Freedom Fest. I was live. Happy to be there. I'm recapping some of the interviews here. Of what's gone on. I got another incredible interview from a libertarian singer songwriter. Fascinated to talk to as well. Her name is Carla. Here she is. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. We continue live from freedomfest.com, lovingliberty.net, our nationally syndicated radio network, and the booth we're representing today. Everybody's coming by Loving Liberty and they're loving liberty. I'm telling you that right now. We got a guest now with us. Her name is Carla Howell. She's a singer, she's a songwriter. She's a liberty activist. Her website, CarlaHowell.com, if you want to check it out. 
She says bold and impassionate songs about liberty in folk, pop, blues, jazz, rock, country, and hip-hop. I mean, come on. She says, I've always believed that any successful libertarian will feature music. <laughs> I love it. Liberty and music, no doubt, go together. Carla, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thanks so much. Great to be here. How'd you get your start as a musician? Uh, back in the 80s, actually. I got, right. I got into um, when MIDI first came along, the MIDI technology that allows keyboards yeah. and computers and drum machines and synthesizers to talk with each other. Uh -huh. That's when I first got interested, wrote some songs that were, I was very apolitical back then, and it was about 10 years later, or less than that a little, when I became a libertarian and discovered libertarianism, and I said, this movement needs music. So I started writing songs and finally got around to recording some songs recently, and so here I am releasing them. Where'd you grow up? Moved around Pittsburgh, Detroit, Maine, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. All the eastern states, huh? Yeah. Okay. And now are you still in the east? I am. I'm in Virginia now. Go west, young lady. I think about it a lot of the time. I'll I don't blame you. you. I can see why. <laughs> west of the Mississippi. Uh, safe and uh, anyway, CarlaHowell.com, ladies and gentlemen. Howell with two L's, if you will. And I want to talk a little bit about your music stuff because you've done music for a long time, uh, but you're now moving into music videos too, right? Yeah. Well, I I got the the songs recorded and mastered. Finished that earlier this year, and I said, okay, to really get these heard. And the purpose is to get a lot of them are designed as outreach too reach non-libertarians and move them in a libertarian direction, a small government direction. So the best way to reach people is with videos. It's a, it engages people much more. So I'm working on videos now. Are they fun? Yeah. Well, the, some of them are serious, like the gun, fo the gun Folk song, which is at my website now, carlahowell.com. It's the only video I have released so far. I'm working on okay, two more. So you released video one. Video two one is good, out. folks. And it's, you know, it's a serious subject. And it's, yes, it is. Um, I, it, people have told me they like it, that it moves them, and so the one we were doing last night was we were actually getting some video last night. I've been doing that, getting clips this week for my third video, and that has been very fun and very fun to have libertarians take a take a shot at lip syncing, which is what we're doing with this Absolutely. one, a lot of lip syncing, and so it's been very fun. All right, um, you know what? I consider myself a libertarian with morals. Uh, you know, libertarian is quite a broad spectrum, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so as you've made these videos and stuff, you've actually worked with Ron Paul and others, right? Ron Paul endorsed my songs. I haven't worked with him on the videos, but he has, he has endorsed the songs, which was very nice, and I'm very honored by that. All right. Well, hopefully he'll endorse the videos too, right? I hope so, yeah. All right. Now, I, so I got endorsed by the Virginia Citizens Defense League for my video. All right. Yeah. So tell me about the video then. It relates to your Second Amendment rights? Yeah, it's kind of um, my story, only it, um, the some of the names are changed, but it's basically all true stuff. And it was my transformation from someone who knew nothing about guns. I grew up, I did not grow up around guns at all. And how I... That's because you live in the East, man. Yeah, that Come has something to do with it. You'll get familiar right quick now. That's, that's probably true. <laughs> and... Um, I went through quite a trend, you know, because I was mostly libertarian except for on guns. And I, my eyes were opened, meeting libertarians, meeting gun owners, 
going to a lot when I ran for office. I spoke with at a lot of gun clubs, was in gun rallies, and said, you know, not only are they telling the story completely wrong about guns in the media, but the people are good people, and that's the name of the song: is good folks. They're they're respectful of other people. They just don't want to hurt anyone. They don't want to hurt anyone or take their stuff. You know, they're good folks, and they protect themselves, their families, and their fellow community members. You know, they're good folks, and I wanted people to understand that. All right, so in this video, then, the goal is to do what? Well, it's to, it's to you can never, like, change someone's mind overnight, especially if they're, you know, really set in their ways. But I'm hoping just to open minds and move them in a direction, open their minds to just really understanding that guns are really used for self-defense. I didn't understand that, and a lot of people don't. They don't understand how real that is, that people do keep crime down. They do protect their families. They do save lives. And so I want people to see that and just, you know, start to understand that side of the equation when they're in the, in the gun debate and hopefully eventually move to where our gun rights are completely solidly protected, the Constitution is obeyed, and we don't have to worry about it anymore. That would be ideal. Amen to that. There's a killer quote on your website that I dig. It's from Dr. Ron Paul. If ever you can bring about a revolution or revolutionary changes, two things would be required. Number one, young people would have to be involved, and two, it would have to include music. Yeah. You got to like that, right? Yes, I do. Uh, were you a Ron Paul fan before you really got so educated? Yeah, I was. I mean, I've been with the Libertarian Party, but my I and most of the people I know in the Libertarian Party love Ron Paul, supported him. Um, even when, when I was on staff uh, with the Libertarian National Committee, we co-sponsored the the Paul the it was called Paul Fest down in Tampa, Florida, when the Republican Party was kicking him out of his deserved position on the floor to have a speaking slot on the at the Republican convention. So, you know, uh, we I see him as very much an ally in liberty. Amen to that. There's also something else pretty cool from your website. Um, I guess there's a song called Do No Harm that you wrote, right? First, Do No Harm. First, Do No Harm, ladies and gentlemen. And I guess it's really a challenge or an invitation, if you will, for us as a people to figure out, hey, how do we create accountability for our elected officials? And it speaks to that. These are serious subjects, ma'am. Yes. Yes, they are. They're, they're pretty serious. One of the songs coming up, it's not released yet, is called Politicians Say. And it's serious, too, but it's a little more light in tone. <laughs> All right. I think that's very important. Now, in your video, then, tell me how the interpretation of the videos happen versus the songs. Do you have to come up with a whole new choreographed reality for it and all? all do you go through all that process? Well... I don't know if I'd say choreographed. You have to kind of have a concept for what you want it to include. <clears throat> I've worked with um, filmmaker Austin Tudor, who's here with me at Freedom Fest, who's been filming. And, you know, he played a big part in the Good Folks video. He was the main producer. We worked together a lot on the concept and the editing of it. Um, and it, a lot of it is just reflecting the lyric of the song. So it's, that's, that's the main sort of outline for the video. All right. So, Jay, do you have any audio from this video? All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm all by myself, so I'm pressing a bunch of crazy buttons. We're going to play some of this audio from the video. We're going to go ahead and break all that down just for you <clears throat> right after the pause. 
sometimes the interviews that I do, I don't track perfect time to the segments of the show. I just do a great interview the best I can. And I just cover what I can and everything else. And so sometimes when we play these interviews back, uh, then we want to make sure that we, um, you know, segment it properly uh, to give the um, guest and everybody else the benefit of the doubt, make sure everything's all good. Uh, anyway, so that's happening. We're going to be continuing the interview with Carla. Uh, incredible interview. Um, she's a, a, a musician that brings her music to the table for politics or for uh, her views on what matters most, morality, etc. And I really commend her for that. Uh, a lot of people are hesitant to do that. A lot of musicians are afraid it'll ruin their careers and all this kind of stuff. But more and more musicians are starting to stand up, and she's one of the boldest. It reminds me of um, our buddy Jordan Page, who does a phenomenal job as well. Uh, Steve Voss and others. Uh, good job. We'll talk more in seconds. Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Former Wyoming Senator, 77-year-old Mike Enzi, died Monday after sustaining a broken neck and ribs after a bicycle accident near his home in Gillette, Wyoming on Friday. Mr. Enzi was a Republican. He retired in January after four terms as a senator. Over the years, I've gotten to work with incredible staff that have made it possible to do more than a senator by him or herself could ever do. Arrest warrants were issued Monday for two Aurora, Colorado police officers. The APD said it issued the warrants for officers John Hobart and Francine Martinez following a July 23rd arrest for a trespassing call. The male officer is accused of pistol whipping, choking, and using a taser on the suspect he was arresting. The female officer's complaint is for failing to report the excessive force. Former California Senator Democrat Barbara Boxer was attacked and robbed of her cell phone Monday while in Oakland, California. Someone pushed her in the back and took her cell phone. USA Radio News. They're calling it the new socialism. More and more Democratic lawmakers want everyone to get a basic income, even if they don't work. Free health care, free college, and more. Now, every night this week, Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax pushing back on the new socialism and its leaders like AOC and Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden's spending programs are already costing you trillions as inflation is soaring. If you care about your money, you need to watch Rob Schmidt tonight. Find out why socialism doesn't really work and how it actually can cost you a lot. Get Newsmax TV on all major cable systems. If your operator doesn't carry it, call them and demand Newsmax or you can switch. Also, find Newsmax for free on most streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. Or download the free Newsmax app on your phone and watch it anywhere. More than 30 million Americans are tuning into Newsmax because it's news they can trust. Let's get an infrastructure spending bill update with Dan Araki. Negotiations over a bipartisan infrastructure bill continue while Senate Democrats are working on pushing a $3.5 trillion spending plan through the budget reconciliation process. Senator Tom Tillis says that that package will do more harm to the economy. 
The North Carolina Republican tells Fox News that the Democrats' spending package will have negative consequences for several sectors of the country. We hope that by on a bipartisan basis getting this infrastructure package in, we can set it aside and then the president and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi can sell this additional spending spree and the reckless taxes that will come with it. That's something else we haven't spoken about. We've got to remember it's corporate taxes, capital gains, uh, family farmers are going to get hit hard. Uh, no one is going to be protected from the tax increase, which is another just way of, of undermining what was a great story to be told about rising ways, wages before COVID hit our shores. USA Radio News. All right, Sam Bushman, ladies and gentlemen, live on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always. We're playing back interviews from Freedom Fest. This is a live show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back in my studio, but I'm playing the fresh content of interviews that I was able to record while at Freedom Fest, but that we couldn't bring live. I did a whole lot more talk radio from the event than allowed on air at the time. So every bit of this is indeed fresh content. Beware that. Understand that. Here's the rest of the interview with Carla. Come on now. Why isn't this thing playing? Yeah. Is that, all right. Fire this up. Let's hear the video. This is about gun rights. Here we right, go. Here we go. Hell yes. We're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it. Well, I never liked those guns, and I wondered who would own a gun. I figured they were not folks like me. I thought that those who claim a need were living far away from me. I wrote them off as rednecks. Introduced the first assault weapons ban. I got it passed. And my neighbors suing Ted said they keep one by their bed. What a surprise that was to me. Suing Ted, our decent folk, taught me things I didn't know. I guess I didn't understand their needs. Taking guns away leaves good folks in harm's way. Why? And uh, there it's a sampling of what you put together. Now, you do that kind of stuff. You also do some rap stuff? The song we were lip-syncing and performing last night has both singing, singing and rap in it. Sort of rap. Some people say, that's not really rap. That's like white woman that... talking. But <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to hear a little sampling live of white woman talking? Oh. That's almost like an Indian. Is you're, there you're, a real problem? That's well, your new Indian name, white woman talking, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right, so give me a little sampling, can you? Uh, let's see. It, I'm trying to give it context because there's singing that insert introduces it, but sure. it, it's talking about before passing legislation, put it to this test before we go on. That part's sung. I'm not going to sing it right now. My voice ah, is. I understand. It, sure. It's a late night last night, <laughs> but then it says, um, "Is there a real problem here? Who says so? What's their 
motive. If the problem's real, was it caused by other laws? If more laws will cure this problem, where's the plan to face it out? What solutions will people on their own bring about? Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. That's the kind of impact that music has. Now what I want to do is find out, see if you can write a song about constitutional sheriffs. Constitutional tariffs? Sheriffs. Sheriff. The county sheriff, ma'am. Sheriff. America's last hope, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, see, if you can write a song about the sheriff. You know? Yeah. So now some people wrote a song um, called I Shot the Sheriff. I'm kind of off right. that one, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not into that one. Right. But I do believe that we could do something else that would be kind of clever and creative, couldn't we? I back sure the sheriff. I'm sure we could. I back the sheriff. <laughs> What do you think of that? Buddy respected people's constitutional rights. That's yeah. terrible, but you get the idea. Yeah, maybe you can. Uh, anyway, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of the idea man around here. I'm one of the think tank kind of people, and I'm just saying, if somebody could write, I back the sheriff as a real song, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, well, you could. I back the sheriff. Well, I'm not a good writer. I can barely talk. I'm sure you are. I think <laughs> you can do it if you want to. And you I'm telling you right now, it. liberty is on stage, ladies and gentlemen, everywhere we go. So how do you like Feed em Fest? Let me understand that. Oh, it's been really, really fun. It is, you know, it's always great at these kinds of gatherings, meeting people and old friends and stuff. But it, it's just been wonderful. And I, I realize I've missed it with this pandemic. You don't even realize how much you miss it until you have it again, kind of, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Carla Howell, ladies and gentlemen. So have you been able to perform here, too? No, I'm here just to film, basically. I'm not a speaker you're just, you're, this time. I've been in the past. But all right, what do we got to do just to set you up a little band right here and just take the, yeah, take the you know? Yeah, it's a nice idea. It's not going to happen, but... <laughs> all right. You yeah. don't just grab a guitar and I can hook you up with an amp right here? No, sorry. You can play. I, don't, I don't even remember the chords. <laughs> all right. Do you, play, do you play instruments too, or do you just sing? I play a little guitar, but I did not do... I, was, I sung only on these recordings. I, I it was see. all wonderful musicians that I hired who... Who played? Who did all the playing? All right, well, we appreciate you. We're grateful for your talents being used for the sacred cause of liberty. Thank we're you. grateful for that, I and we appreciate what you do. And we're going to keep an eye on your videos, just so everybody in the audience could do the same. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about what CarlaHowell.com, right? That's it. No dashes, no spaces, just CarlaHowell.com. That's it. All right. When do we expect your next couple of videos, and what are they going to be on? They're First one's on gun control and the bogus narrative, right? Yes, the next one, Yak Yak Bourbon, is about the alcohol and drug prohibitions, and that should be coming out in August. And the one we're working, working on here, First Do No Harm, I would, I would expect by September or so. All right. Do you, do you drink bourbon? No, I don't. All right. But, your I, point but I, appre is, I appreciate people who do. Yeah, the, the point is that you want people to make, be able to choose for themselves, don't you? Absolutely. Well, the point of the Yak Yak Bourbon is the incredible parallels between the alcohol and drug pro prohibitions and that, you know, the alcohol prohibition was a complete failure. It increased yes, it crime. It increased overdose from consumption. It was just wrong in every way. And the drug war is just um, the same thing More over the again. the same there. Yeah. When are we going to come to our senses and stop it? Right. Uh, it's really a war on agency, sad to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, de Tocqueville found in America that people, there was no laws. They could pretty much do anything they wanted, but they didn't because they were moral. I think that's what we need <laughs> to appeal to. Uh, as people use their agency wisely, we can encourage and educate and work on that and then leave people, uh, as, as people get taught correct principles, they can govern themselves, Carla. They can. They actually wow. can. Much, Imagine much that. better. Much, much better. All right. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for all you do. Thank you. Appreciate there she what goes, you do. ladies and gentlemen. The website is. CarlaHowell.com. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live.
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Carla Hal doing a phenomenal job as a musician. A lot of people at Freedom Fest, a lot of people with all kinds of different views. What was fascinating is, you know, libertarians are hanging out with the Republicans who are hanging out with all kinds of people, <laughs> people who used to be very liberal, and then they've learned and changed their attitudes and a whole lot more. Just, uh, in my opinion, great stuff at freedomfest.com. If I said red pill, I err. I just I went to both of them, and so it's hard to keep track of the names of where you saw and heard who. But I'm telling you, Freedom Fest was incredible. Uh, Carla doing a great job. We uh, commended her, singer, songwriter, liberty activist, um, and passionate songs about liberty. How many musicians will take that on? Not very many, huh? First, Do No Harm by Carla Howell. The song challenges every one of us. To figure out how to create accountability for our elected officials. No doubt about that. Uh, and then there's going to be videos. She's working on videos primarily is the focus. So a singer-songwriter, normally uh, music, but doing music videos now. So that's kind of cool. I want to mention this because this is a live show. Just because I'm playing back some interviews, fresh content. Don't you think for one second we're not live right now? We are. I'm just playing these interviews because there was way too much content for what I could do live at the expo. Um, you know, there's different tactics a host can take for this. They can either say, I'm going to go live instead of my normal two-hour show. I'm going to go live six hours during the event, wear themselves out, uh, and nobody can listen to six hours of the content in a given day anyway, right? I'm going to go eight hours. I'm going to just do a, 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 you know, a, a marathon, a broadcast marathon. I don't like that stuff because I just believe that it just wears the audience out. It wears the hosts out. Nobody can listen to that much content anyway. So what I try to do is say, look, I'm going to do my live show. Let's just take Friday of the expo. I'm going to do my live show two hours. I'm going to do all the different venues and things that we we're at speaking live and breakout panels and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm going to record myself two or three extra interviews that I can play back over the next week or so. And that does several things. It lets everybody basically listen. It lets me take notes and put in specific days of when those interviews occurred, etc. Uh, and then it lets, um, in my opinion, it lets individuals listen at, at a reasonable time and take in the content um, consistently and not miss near as much compared to if I were just to be live for hours on end. So it's a self-preservation for me because I have more energy to do the show. I have more ability to focus on the show. But then, you know what? I release content that makes sense. I'm sitting right here live. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not shirking my duties. But I play these interviews back, and I think it's much more productive to do it that way. I think it's easier for the audience to digest that information that way and really get a handle on what we've covered and what we've done. So anyway, it was some great interviews. We did. We had Jim Babka today, uh, DownsizeDC.org. Do you have what it takes to be an agenda setter? DownsizeDC.org. And then we've got Carla Howell, two guests in this first half hour of today's broadcast. I want to do a recap of the previous uh, show yesterday. I want to then talk about some very serious news. The networks refuse, refuse to use issues for the rest of this hour. And the next hour, I'll play back another interview or two. How's that? See, and that way we can just kind of live mix it all together, but you can digest these interviews that I've done um, without just being overwhelmed with way too much content. I could, If you guys were with me uh, as I did all those interviews, you'd literally be doing like eight hours of radio a day. It'd be crazy town. But my goal is to help everyone understand it. Yesterday, of course, we had on two guests, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. And then we had the good doctor, Dr. Scott Bradley, with us, FreedomsRisingSun.com. All right, we'll talk about that and more in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live Radio Talk Show.
a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. All right, live on your radio, Sam Bushman, having a fantastic time, hoping you are as well. We're talking about Freedom Fest. What an event, ladies and gentlemen. I've got all kinds of interviews that I'll be playing back over the next several days. Live, fresh content you've never heard before. Uh, meanwhile, though, I want to do a recap of yesterday's show. We had on Dr. or we had on Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, ronpaulinstitute.org. And we talked about the political leadership school. In Utah, July 31st, that's this Saturday, the goal of the Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership is to help its citizens like you understand how the political process really works and what you can do to change it from the inside, how you can make local change, national change, state-level change, and more. The Leadership School is incredible. Sign up today. Political Leadership School. And that's why I do the recaps of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Because I want to mention when Lowell has one hour to say, hey, there's a leadership school you can attend this Saturday, um, July 31st, all day long session, lunch included, incredible leadership training is happening all across the country, but the training in Utah is this Saturday, July 31st. I don't want that just to go one hour and mention that on Monday. I want to mention it on Tuesday and Wednesday and thir- the best I can to help you remember what's going on because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I'm driving or I'm I'm in I'm at work or I'm this or that or I'm in a position where I have a minute to listen but I don't have the ability to you know take it down or whatever and this lets them be reminded of it multiple times so leadership school coming up tremendous stuff we also talked about the Olympics the biggest masking 
theater broadcast on earth, and this was a yours truly from Lowell Nelson Point. He loves to watch the Olympics, but he's just sick of it being a mask fest, a shutdown fest. Uh, we're going to lord over you and the symbol that the mask provides of that. We're going to shut you down as a human. We're going to make you faceless, nameless. All we need is your social security number. You're not a human at all, kind of an idea. And Lowell rejects that, and I, I do as well. And I've started to hear other people complain about the Olympics as well, just being a mask fest. It's just a promotion of the world lording over the rest of us with masks and everything else. So anyway, Lowell brought that up. Great point to bring up as well. We also talked about the daily COVID deaths in Sweden hit zero as other nations brace for more lockdowns in Sweden. The cocoa, uh, you know, infections hit zero. Sweden, believe it or not, was maligned big time last year because it did not lock down. The Guardian called its response a catastrophe in the making. <laughs> yeah, catastrophe in the making. Think about that. While CBS News said that Sweden had become, what do you call this? An example of how not to handle COVID-19. What was Sweden's response, you ask? It was to not lock down. It was to not impose a mask mandate. To not close businesses. To not close schools. And now today, Sweden is freer and healthier than virtually every other country in Europe, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. Like South Dakota. Like Florida. Okay, shutting down was the wrong thing to do. And here's my problem with the shutdowns. I I would get it to a great degree if they're like, you know what, we shut down. We thought that was the best mode of action. We were wrong. Uh, let's now not shut down. I would have some a little bit of respect if they said that. But the problem that I have with the whole narrative is that they're not shutting down, even though we have evidence and facts that the shutdowns did not help. In fact, maybe uh, in many cases they made it worse. But they're not admitting that at all. They're just doubling down on their shutdown mentality. See, that's the problem that I have with what they're doing. That's the real problem I have with what they're doing. They're not at all interested in the truth. They're not at all interested in letting us know what's going on. They just have their agenda. And evidences from whole countries around the world is not enough to change their minds. They're just doubling down. In my opinion, that's the presence of evil. In fact, Paul Craig Roberts writes an article about that, the presence of evil. And sadly, that's what we're seeing. All right, Dr. Peter McCullough, urgent warning about poisonous jab. Uh, and he wrote an article. Now, Peter, for standing up so boldly, he's a naturopathic kind of a doctor guy, does a great job. Uh, he's getting slaughtered and abused by the mainstream press. They say he's always peddling conspiracy theories he's always this he's always that anyway what a shame that is but peter doing a great job warning that the jab is a serious serious concern more and more doctors are standing up and delivering that reality check even doctors that backed the vaccines at first are now going whoa wait a minute hold on first do no harm the harm is too great here we cannot have it so good for those doctors that are standing up good for mccullough shame on the media for attacking him wrongfully so Again, if you have an opinion that doesn't square with their tyrannical agenda, you are absolutely abused and slaughtered, character assassinated, and everything else. It's a tragic reality check. But we will stand bold and noble and independent for the sacred cause of liberty and for the choice people have, the agency people should be a lot allowed 
Hey, taking away agency is evil, folks. All right. Ron Paul talked about ed exit, educational exit to protect your kids from critical race theory. Great article. We need to restore parental control of education dollars through education tax credits and tax-free education savings accounts. That's Ron Paul's proposal. This will enable parents to avoid the government schools, the indoctrination, and allow private school and homeschooling becoming a more and more viable option every single day. Anyway, Ron Paul with a fantastic column. We also talked about a letter from Ted Cruz to Lowell Nelson on term limits. Ted Cruz is for term limits. Lowell Nelson and yours truly myself, I don't like term limits. I don't agree with them. I think they're bogus. Why do I think term limits are bogus, you ask? <clears throat> There's a lot of reasons, and Lowell pointed them out. That we already have term limits if we vote people out of office. Uh, in other words, there's a sub-term limits discussion already. If a congressman serves for two years and at the state level a, um, a senator serves for two years, or at the federal level two years for a congressman, six years for a senator, it's already kind of a term limits. They have to re-vote the, we have to re-vote them back in office. It's already kind of a partial term limit, right? But there really is no answer. Term limits allow people to run as um, lame ducks. If you know that, let's just say we term limited somebody to one term, you already know for two years if you've only got one term there that you're gone. Let's just do all the damage we can would be the bad guys, right? Who cares? We're not going to get elected again anyway. And so, uh, you know what? The idea that you could be reelected again keeps them on good behavior to say, i got to face the voters again. Whether they win or lose is up to we the people. But there is nothing that can take place of the American people's involvement in our system. That's really the key of why I'm against term limits. Let's be very clear. Um, there is nothing <clears throat> that I like more than Americans engaged in the political process. It is the final check, if you will. Okay? It's the final check. And the founding fathers said you have a republic if you can keep it. What does that mean to you? To me, it means that we must be anxiously engaged in the protection of our liberty. And nothing can take the place of an engaged population of a public, of a, 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 in a republic, is the public. We, the people, must hold our representatives accountable and responsible. And so what we attempt to do with term limits, in my mind, is we attempt to say, let's try to put it on autopilot. Let's just make sure that I'll stay too long. Let's, but... What we're trying to do is kind of like putting our kids in government school. We're trying to really have a babysitter babysit our kids. We're really trying to have babysitters babysit the republic. And there's nothing that will take the place of Americans being involved. Our founders said you're out of a republic if you can keep it. So we don't have a democracy. We have a republic, and that takes absolute involvement all the time in these issues. And so I don't want term limits. What I want is Americans to determine if somebody should be term limited or not. Every two years with a House representative, you get to decide, hey, is that person worthy of continuing, yay or nay? Every six years for a senator. At the local level, state level, it's less for senators oftentimes. But again, there's already faux term limits in place by that. It just means the public must be engaged consistently. And so I don't like this idea that we could put the republic on autopilot. We could put all these laws in place that will babysit these people. No, no, no. You, my fellow American, and I have a responsibility and we must not shirk that responsibility if we do we will be in trouble 
All right, anyway, I digress. We also had on yesterday Dr. Scott Bradley to preserve the nation, his goal and collegiate series to match at freedomsizingsun.com. Great guest, great information. Sam on Freedom Fest panel busted. Is criminal justice permanently broken? My answer is yes, unless. Unless we turn to and look to God and the God-ordained traditional family for solutions, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Dr. Bradley makes the case and breaks down the matter point by point on the broadcast. So I'm convinced, yes, the justice system is permanently broken, but America is permanently broken unless we turn to God Almighty and repent. And if we do, he promises us that he will heal our land and protect us. And if we turn to God and the family, the fundamental unit of society based on God's law, that's what we need to do. We need to unequivocally reject both the humanist manifesto and the communist manifesto, ladies and gentlemen. They have become the secular religion of our nation. Tragic but true. And so I think it's really important that we stand up, that we get involved. And so we need to be anxiously engaged in a lot of things, God, family, and country. We need to turn to our God and repent individually and as families and as a nation. We need to keep his laws, his commandments. And then on a family level, we need to turn to one another in our family. And in there lies the strength and the stability of society. The constitutional framework is based on a religious people in the fundamental unit of society, families. The Constitution depends on that for stability. And society will mirror the family, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake about that. You just go look at broken homes, and you'll find that oftentimes it's drugs and alcohol for the mother and father. You'll find that there's no religion in the home. You'll find that dad's often missing, mom's often missing, broken homes. Now, I'm not here to attack anybody who is in those situations to no fault of their own. Okay, I'm not trying to be rude here. But I am trying to tell you studies clearly show that when there's a mother and a father in the home, and religion is part of the family life. A family that prays together, stays together. You will find without a debate, without a doubt, that the outcomes of productive children becoming citizens who obey the laws and live great, happy, stable lives increase tremendously under the traditional God-ordained family. So I'm telling you that the answer to these problems, whether it be the criminal justice system permanently broken or any other question in society, the answers are not in politics. The answer is not for me to write another book, for me to put another formula together. I mean, there's things that can downstream help, but the real core is God and family to save country. All right, next hour, I got a couple of incredible interviews we did. I want to play them for you. I've got a bunch of live commentary with News of the Network Reviews to use a couple stories to share with you and a whole lot more. So hour one in the can, hour two coming up. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully it's educational and entertaining. I am Sam Bushman, and I declare this nation shall endure. We the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, can do a marvelous work and a wonder and restore the republic. I have no doubt that's possible. But it all depends on us, doesn't it? Let's work like it depends on us and pray like it depends on God, shall we? God save the Republic of the United States of America.
Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for July 27th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. The checks and balance is critical. Your involvement essential if we want to restore the republic, ladies and gentlemen. You can't put the republic on autopilot. you got to get involved in a meaningful way. It is about God, family, I believe, to solve the problems in country, if you will. Um, so we're playing back interviews that I recorded fresh content uh, from Freedom Fest. And it's great content, by the way. And uh, the next interview is Howard Lichtman, who does a great job, in my opinion. The guy's an anarchist, uh, an extreme libertarian, if you will. What I find interesting about the anarchist term is these guys don't use the word anymore because anarchist means riot in the streets and create havoc and just total anarchy. That's not what these people believe. Becky Aker's on with us once a month, Howard Lichtman, many others. Libertarians to the extreme, if you will. They just don't believe government is the answer, and it's hard to argue that they're wrong. Anyway, the reason that I bring all this up is because they're just the opposite of anarchists. A lot of the uh, people like this are just like, hey, the problem is force. We don't want any force. The zero aggression movement, said Jim Babka. Um, you know, all the live and let live, say these other people. They're, they're non-aggressive. They don't want violence. But yet we claim their movement is all about violence. It's very sad. When I say we, I mean the society at large, not necessarily me, Sam Bushman, of course. But anyway, I like Howard Lichtman, and I like Becky Akers, and I like a lot of these uh, people because I think they're critical thinkers. And I don't agree with them completely because I do believe there is a proper role for constitutional government. However, <laughs> why don't we get rid of 90% of the government before we debate the rest, huh? Because we know that 90% is unconstitutional. So let's just start there, and then we'll worry about our differences later. That way we can work together and make a difference. Anyway, here's the interview with Howard Lichtman on your radio. Happy to have you along, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live, freedomfest.com. Having a fantastic time. Hope you are as well. If you didn't get a chance to come in person, <laughs> you're going to have FOMO, fear of missing out. I'll tell you that right now. But if you didn't get to make it, you can go to freedomfest.com, get their live streaming opportunity. I think they'll make uh, some files available after the fact, too, so you can kind of check that out. And then, of course, Liberty Roundtable Live coverage always available at your fingertips. LibertyRoundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, tell the tale. Howard Lickman back with us, ladies and gentlemen. He uh, is a voluntarist. He believes that we don't need government force. Force is bad and evil. And I agree. Force is bad and evil. Uh, agency choice is king. TheThickRedLine.org, his website for this event. He's also written a book about, hey, all government's horrible government. It's a big old con, a scam, if you will. Isn't it called government scam, Howard? Uh, government, the biggest scam in history exposed at government-scam.com. And yes, it is one of the greatest scams in history. And I would say a little different than Howard is that unconstitutional government is the biggest scam in history. But you have joined our next forum for officers coming up next week. We'll talk about that. Tell me about it. So uh, the Thick Red Line project is uh, is our effort to support police to say no to politicians on lockdowns, mask mandates, uh, red flag laws, and other victimless crimes. 
and uh, it came out of uh, civil disobedience we did for the COVID in Santa uh, Clara, Santa Cruz County, California last year in April, uh, April and uh, May when we realized when we went into hospitals in what the L.A. Times called was the epicenter of COVID in California, Santa Clara, and we found empty tents, empty waiting rooms, hospital employees openly speculating the whole thing was a hoax. And then we went into Dominican Hospital in Santa Cruz, found the same thing, empty tents, empty waiting rooms after that video went viral they took down the tents the next day we realized that the government and the media wasn't telling us the truth about what was going on with covid and we started to organize to try and help business owners uh, that were being bankrupted by the lockdowns and the mask mandates and we began peaceful civil disobedience in santa cruz that's santa cruz california that's santa cruz california all right, so when they got caught in the scam of just pretending that COVID is killing everybody, that all the hospital beds are full, it's just like a riot out front with de- almost dead people trying to get in, all this kind of stuff. And you went there and it was like empty. And what are the doctors and the physicians and the people? These people have licenses and stuff, right? I'm not really backing licensing, but I'm making a point here for a second, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the I think the part of the reason they're getting away with it is that there is this monopoly medical system where there's one voice for health in the CDC and they're able to push down through all of the state and county medical you know medical systems even though maybe a lot of them don't really believe you know what the CDC and DC is saying but you've got this hierarchical top down one size fits all country you know whole countrywide system that is being able to impose medical tyranny um, you know, through the government. What about the cops, though, man? I mean, they're supposed to arrest people for criminal activity, right? Well, so the cops would come out to our civil disobedience. We would do, uh, we'd try and re- we'd reopen parks, we'd reopen beaches, we'd have Liberty bonfires, and the police would come out and they'd say, hey, you can't be doing this. And we would stand on our natural law rights. We would stand on the Constitution. We'd stand, hey, we, you know, you don't have the ability, you don't own the beach. There was never a point in time where the government got ownership of the beach. We're here. Uh, and these bureaucrat orders from governors that don't have any authority, go check your supreme law of the land for the separation of powers, right? Well, they're doing, they're using, the, the politicians are trying to force the cops to use violence on peaceful people for things that aren't really crimes. And so, uh, you know, the police would come out and they'd say, hey, man, we get it. We don't want to be doing this either. What do you want us to do? And I had a little epiphany and I go, well, the strongest card in your hand is to say no collectively and to you know organize within the department and just refuse collectively to enforce any law that doesn't have a victim and so you you obviously can't use politician law to determine if a law is moral and just because if you use politician law you get fugitive slave laws and sundowner laws and Jim Crow laws. And laws and, where people can't marry people or whatever else laws. That's how the marriage government scam started, you, right? You, absolutely. And so if you can't use politician law, then what are the police to use as a denominator of morality? How do you judge if a law is, is just and moral? And so what we do is we educate them on natural law with its thousand plus year you know legal uh tr- tradition across multiple different civilizations and in natural law there's five main transgressions there's murder rape theft assault and trespass and these are all obviously wrongs because there's a victim and if you don't have a victim it's not a crime and the word right a lot of people don't realize this when you hear people say i have a right to this or i have a right to that or i have a right to own a gun 
the word right also comes out of a, the common law tradition, and a right is anything that's not a wrong. And so if you're not harming anybody else, then you have a right to be left alone by government and by the police and by the sheriff, et cetera. And so we, a lot of, you know, a lot of sheriffs, they're not instructed about this. They're not, they, they you know, they, they don't know anything about it. And so we're suggesting they draw a thick red line in the sand use natural law as the denominator of morality, and then we help them. We build support in the community for them to tell the politicians no. We unite the people and the police against the politicians and uh, encourage them to collectively say no, supported by the community. So the idea, ladies and gentlemen, is, hey, you know what? Victimless crimes are not really crimes. That's kind of the point. And you're working with police officers, and you're doing so by an outreach of education. So, uh, Join our next forum for officers is kind of the idea. You're trying to get all kinds of uh, law enforcement people to mm-hmm. join your um, educational seminar mm-hmm. online on Zoom. You can sign up and be part of it. And really, it's an education to stand for peace. Uh, it's, to, it's to understand what makes a good law and a bad law and that natural law really has to be the denominator because they obviously can't use politician law. And then that keeps them on the right side of karma. And so we're trying to, you know, we're trying to restore respect for the police when the police are focused on busting murderers and robbers and rapists, then everybody loves the police. It really is only these victimless crimes that get everybody, you know, ticked at the cops and cause this racial and societal division. And so the cops don't want to be doing it. And so we, you know, we're, we're trying to get the cops to say no. And then we think that would restore respect for the police. That would save the taxpayers billions of dollars. It would keep hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people out of these, you know, frequently for-profit prisons where they're now being forced to work as slave labor. It would, you know, there's just a thousand good things that come out of it. Bust the, the backs of drug cartels, bust the backs of human traffickers. It is. It it really is. It's got all of these different benefits, and it restores respect for the police, and it ends the lockdowns, and it ends the mask mandates, and it ends the red flag laws, and it ends eighty thousand SWAT team raids a year. Everybody wins except the politicians. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's a great place to stop here. Howard Lickman doing a phenomenal job as he always does, breaking down liberty, demonstrating a peaceful uh, effort here. And, you know, you can say these guys are radical because they don't believe in government, that they're the enemy or they're the problem, but I don't think so. Every time I find government becomes the aggressor. All right? So we had a panel with Kate Daly uh, about is gun violence in America a problem or whatever. They started out saying, is gun violence a problem in America? And all the different panelists said no. And they talked about it for an hour. At the end, I got up and asked a question. I said, I agree that, you know, gun violence in America is not a problem. But I said, I want to rephrase the question slightly because I believe this is the problem. Is government being armed to the teeth while disarming the American people? And that relating to gun violence, is that a problem? And every one of them said yes. None of, them, none of them, in my opinion, took the ball and ran with it like they should have. They dropped the ball. They said yes, though they were right. But they could have carried that home to a real discussion about solutions. we got to disarm government. I'll tell you that right now. Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman. Howard Lickman interview continues on your favorite talk station.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals that gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Yeah, so they said, do we have a gun violence problem in America? And everybody said no. And then I said, do we have a government armed to the teeth while they disarm the American people violence problem in America? And the answer clearly was yes. No one had the guts to follow up on the discussion, sad to say. But I'm telling you right now, that is the issue, ladies and gentlemen. So Howard Lichtman, other, uh, it, what we would call anarchists, they don't like that term anymore because it's been perverted and manipulated against their intention. The folks that are for live and let live, the folks who are for the voluntarist issues the, the the people they're peaceful howard lickman doing a great job articulating his point of view very succinct very educated very articulate uh, gentleman he's fun to interview because he's so knowledgeable and he's involved in so many different solutions now when we say this is for officers how to redline your department this is for chiefs sheriffs police officers and deputies, uh, I think that when they start out, they're pretty skeptical. But when they listen to what you have to say after a while, they're kind of nodding and going, yeah. I see. We, uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Well, we've met with we've met. I've, I've personally met with over a dozen plus, you know, either sheriffs, chiefs, sheriffs or chiefs. And they all have their favorite. It's the, they, they all seem to have their favorite victimless crime that they just can't let go. And so we're trying to create, you know, we're trying to raise money for a video series where we would address all of the issues around drug prohibition or gambling or victimless DUIs and the alternatives that they can still do. Um, I personally have pulled over, you know, a drunk driver 
um, you know, by getting behind them, flashing my lights, um, because I have the right to do that. Um, I don't have the right to take $10,000 or $20,000 away from somebody that's .08 or some, you know, random, you know, like number. So I can't delegate a right. I don't have myself to the government or to an officer to exercise a right I don't have to do myself. And so, you know, they're out there bankrupting people. I have a, a, a friend of mine, she, in her 20s, she got a, a DUI, a $10,000 plus DUI for going .08. And then a couple of years later, uh, she, she was uh, out drinking, realized that she'd had too much to drink, was pulled over on the side of the road, but had her key in the ignition when the officer came up and knocked. And she got a second $10,000 DUI for trying yeah, to do the, the same thing. Yeah, about what you're thinking about doing there. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it, it ruined her financially. Absolutely, positively ruined her financially. And so the police are ruining people's lives for politicians to pay for politician promises. It's just got to stop. All right. Tell me how the project helps them kind of redline their departments. This is really a, a way that they can use money frugally, too, right? Well, yeah. So they've got a so the so the idea is is it's easy for sheriffs. Sheriffs uh, are the kind of low hanging fruit in this, in the sense the sheriff doesn't have a boss. The sheriff can wave his magic sheriff wand. Well, the sheriff wand. has weed the people as a boss, though, right? Well, they've got to weed the people, but you know what? I haven't met anybody yet. I would tell you if I had that actually, well, maybe one deputy that liked victimless crimes. But other than that, I've not met a single citizen anywhere that wants the police to be doing any of this stuff. That's right. And so the so the it's it really does unite the people and the police against the politicians. The the politicians are the ones that are passing these laws. And well, then they and now when all the politicians want to run around defund the cops too, that isn't helping their relationships, right? Uh, it's not, and we're saying, hey, don't defund the police. Let's just c stop the police from doing the things that cause the racial and the societal division. And it's always boils down to these victimless crimes. Because when you deal with victimless crimes, you're talking about principles that applies to everybody. It's no respect to a person, right? Uh, exactly. If it's not, if there's not a real victim, uh, then it's not a real crime. So you can call gambling a crime. I'll give you an example. When I, when I used to live in Northern Virginia. And the Fairfax County SWAT team got wind of a high-stakes poker game run by, uh, like, doctors, lawyers, venture capitalists. It had a $20,000 buy-in. And it got famous because they'd frequently have kind of the guys on TV, world, you know, poker championship of the world kind of people, and they would play in the games. And so word got out about this high-stakes game. So the Fairfax County SWAT team kicks in the door, points guns to everybody, uh, steals the pot and keeps 40% in civil asset forfeiture. Yeah, criminal Who all around. is the criminal in that situation? Right. Wow. They created a victim when they stole the money, didn't they? It gets even better. This is, two, this is a couple of years after a Fairfax County detective befriended a guy in a bar and got him to begin betting on football games. And after they got the guy over the $2,000 limit that made it a felony, they serve a warrant on him with a SWAT team, and the guy is, like, coming out to pay the detective who he didn't know was a cop in his pajamas and his slippers. Uh, he was an optometrist, di didn't have a criminal record at all. The first SWAT guy out of the SUV uh, stumbles and shoots the guy dead. 
Ouch. And so this is the side effects of these, you know, victimless crimes and using SWAT teams. And, and, and it's just it's just it's a degree of criminality that's got to stop. They're out of control. They're out of control. No doubt about it. So if you want to get your sheriff, your deputy, your police officers to sign up, they can go to thickredline.org and you can download our handbook for uh, sheriffs, chiefs, officers, and deputies for free. And uh, you can buy hard copies and our cards for cops. We've distributed over... I want to say 1,600 copies of the handbook, and we've sold or distributed over 23,000 cards for cops all over uh, the country. And you're just getting started. And we're just getting started. All right. I like that, ladies and gentlemen, thethickredline.org. Also, government, the biggest scam in history exposed, government-scam.com. Last we talked, my friend. You were about to be Mr. and Mrs. Lickman, right? Uh, well, I'm still engaged. We haven't set a date yet. What, what do we got to do with you libertarian people that can't set dates? What's wrong with you people? We're thinking about it. We're giving it careful. We're giving it careful consideration. And what's the careful consideration part today? Uh, we're, we're trying to figure out where we, where we can do it, when we can do it. There's a bunch of variables in play, but uh, rest assured it's going to happen. We're just uh, trying to figure out when. All right, we're going to pray how. for you because, man, you need to get married. There's nothing better. I know, man. I like it. I can't. I love my. I love my fiance. And are you? You guys are going to get like a government like permission slip now. Uh, we know, see no reason to uh, to involve intergenerational organized crime in our union. So what do you do? Just make a, a little note in the Bible? Uh, we'll have a commitment ceremony, and we'll you know we'll do it right. But no reason to you know go down to the city hall. <laughs> but but how about the reference in the Bible thing? Did, did uh, you do that or no? Uh, so we're both spiritual. Uh, okay. We love we love the Word of Christ. Uh, you know, I, I would kind of call us spiritual. All right. You can paint it in the sky. Yeah. Tell the neighbors. Tell Definitely the believers. Ones. Definitely there's the good Lord is up there and helping us and we see his see his actions in our in our everyday. Yeah, so. he's the ultimate libertarian, isn't he? Uh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's you know, an anarchist. Uh, there you go. Or actually what do you call it? Voluntarist. It's the it's the rebrand. Yeah, he's a and the reason for the rebrand, ladies and gentlemen, is just because the dishonest media has been so dishonest with their definitions of words. Yes. So dishonest with their reference of of who uh, you really are. We just got an article that was released in, it's a Florida uh, Today, but it's a, a division of USA Today, right? Mm-hmm. They just wrote an article about Richard Mack and me and others in the CSPOA just at, literally attacking us until the cows come home with just lie after lie after lie after lie. Um, trying to make these lawmen sheriffs out to be, that they think, they say we claim we're above the law. <laughs> and, I, and I would say, first of all, above what law? Your criminal people running around making up a gazillion laws, maybe. The yeah, Sheriff su- Mack is on our Supreme board of advisors. Law, even close. Sheriff Mack is on the Thick Red Line board of advisors. All right, that's excellent. We what, support his work at the CS. What uh, does that consist of? Uh, we, uh, we value his uh, counsel, and we've done some media things together. All right. Will you let me know how I can help? Thickredline.org. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Sam. There he goes. He's working on figuring out how to get married. Libertarians struggle with that. You know, they don't set dates and stuff. We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray hard for their success because it's a blessed thing. All right. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. (laughs) There you have it. Howard Lickman, always fun to talk to. You know, I really have respect for Becky Akers, Howard Lickman, uh, some of these people that, you know, you would consider an anarchist. Most people, when they hear an anarchist, when they hear racist or whatever, in the past, they've just kind of gone, oh, my goodness, you can't even talk to those people. But now that everybody's a racist, everybody's anti-government, everybody's an anarchist, 
obviously not facts, but that's how they kind of paint it, right? Um, all I can tell you is that just goes to show that, you know what? Their narrative is bogus. And more and more Americans are starting to understand that. That, you know what? Just because the mainstream says I'm a racist, it doesn't mean it's true. I literally met hundreds of people at Freedom Fest. I don't know what race they are. Okay, I don't care what race they are. I don't know what race Howard Lickman is. I don't know what race Raphael is. You would say, well, Sam, Raphael, isn't he Hispanic? Maybe. I don't know. But does it matter is what I would ask. Do I care? Look, Raphael was a nice guy. Howard was a nice guy. Okay? And I don't care. Interestingly enough, is Bob Barr white? He was the panel moderator. I sat between two females on the panel. I don't know what race either of them were. Do I care? No. I thought the people on the panel were great, and I thought Bob Barr, you know, he's this typical politician guy, right? <clears throat> Need I say more? All right, hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. North and South Korea's leaders have pledged to improve relations and resume previously suspended communication channels between the two countries. The resumption of the hotline on Tuesday comes despite stalled negotiations between Washington and Pyongyang on the denuclearization of North Korea during the Trump administration. Two significant U.S. lakes, one of which is a major reservoir, are experiencing historic lows amid a drought. Lake Powell, the second largest reservoir in the United States, has fallen to 33% capacity. Utah's Great Salt Lake, the biggest saltwater lake in the Western Hemisphere, is at record lows that were set back in 1963. The Biden administration moved to further limit America's military presence in the Middle East. On Monday, President Biden met with Iraq's Prime Minister Mustafa al-Kadimi and vowed to end America's combat mission in the country before 2022. USA Radio News. If you drive a car, truck, SUV, or vehicle of any kind, you need GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. That's right. With the free GetUpside gas app, you can get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time you buy gas. Nearly 3 million people have earned cash back with GetUpside just for buying gas. I always use GetUpside. Some months, I make 200 to $300. I love getting money back for things I use every day. It's just free money for buying gas. There's no catch. It's simple. And you get your cash back right away download the free get upside app now in the app store or google play to save up to 25 cents per gallon when you buy gas use promo code beach for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank that's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill up you can cash out anytime to paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands earn cash back on gas on every fill up just download the free get upside app and use promo code beach for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank that's code beach
Let's get an Olympic update with Dan Naraki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau. Lydia Jacoby became the first swimmer from Alaska to capture Olympic gold when she won the 100-meter breaststroke Tuesday in Tokyo. The 17-year-old's victory came as an upset as she outpaced teammate and defending Olympic champion Lily King, who finished third. Before Tuesday, King hadn't lost in a 100-meter breaststroke final since December of 2016. And Flora Duffy won the women's triathlon, giving Bermuda its first-ever gold medal. Duffy finished the race in 1 hour, 55 minutes, and 36 seconds, more than a minute in front of second-place finisher Georgia Taylor-Brown of Great Britain. Only one other Bermudan had brought home an Olympic medal. Clarence Hill won bronze in heavyweight boxing in Montreal in 1976. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Former U.S. Senator Barbara Boxer was assaulted and robbed of her cell phone in Oakland on Monday afternoon. Boxer tweeted that she was robbed while walking near her apartment in the area of Jack London Square. Boxer claims a suspect never said a single word. He just shoved her to the ground forcefully and stole her cell phone. USA Radio News. All right, running everything all by myself, it's crazy. You know what's interesting? I usually run the show all by myself, and then we started to have a producer run the show for me to make things easier and for me to focus on the show. And, man, when I'm not in practice, it's kind of rough. Anyway, I sure appreciate a producer. I sure appreciate Cameron and Jay and others doing such a phenomenal job on the radio. I'm grateful for them. All right, um, I've got an interview with Jared Taylor. This is about education uh, from the Freedom Fest event. Uh, here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, happy to have you along. FreedomFest.com marches forward, interview after stellar interview. Why are they stellar? Because the guests are just top-notch, to say the least. We've got Jared Taylor with me now, ladies and gentlemen. Jared Taylor lives in the great state of Arizona where it is hotter than Hades. But you know what? They got some great education there. He is the CEO of Heritage Academy Arizona, or HeritageAcademyAZ.com is the website to learn more. Heritage Academy, a series of schools that, well, it was born. What Your father started this kind of stuff, and then you continued the uh, generational legacy, right? Yeah, that's correct. All right, your father's Earl Taylor, uh, well-known in Utah and Arizona and all over the West for starting new educational opportunities. Why? Because the current systems were just, what, riddled with problems? You know, when he looked at the different school systems, he recommended various curriculums that would teach freedom and liberty and prosperity, and uh, most of them just weren't interested in those topics, and so that's really why he wanted to put a school of choice out that had a great emphasis and deep understanding of the Constitution and the things that make us free and prosperous. So what did he put out first? He's been involved in, he's had his hand in quite a few things, right? Well, even before Heritage, he was the president of the National Center for Constitutional Studies. NCCS, one of the great organizations that we uh, literally work with all the time in books and materials and everything else. So that's a great start. Yep. Cleon Skousen was involved there for quite a while, right, as well? Yep, Yep, that's correct. Excellent. Go ahead, sir. And then actually, uh, then uh, the director of the Goldwater Institute, his name was Jeff Flake. You might know him as a former U.S. senator in Arizona. Yeah. They were long time flaked out after that, but I understand. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He he called my dad. He was an an incredible proponent of charter legislation in uh, 93, got it passed, and asked my dad and a bunch of other people to come learn about it. Once they learned about it, they realized there was great opportunities to provide choice in Arizona. And so he applied. He got the fourth charter in the very first year of Arizona. And this year we're celebrating our 27th 
uh, operating year in Arizona. I'm very happy. We're going to serve up to 3,000 students this year. It's great. Wow, that's a lot of students. And they're all on campus? I guess it, there's more than one campus? It, they're all on campus. They don't have masks on. They have smiles on. It's yes. Great. Imagine that, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, that's your father's kind of history. I don't mean to focus on your father, but I wanted to set the stage for really, uh, you basically learned about education from the cradle, right? You know, this was what was on the kitchen table pretty much all the time, is look, yes. talking about current events and principles. And I was able to meet Dr. Scalzen many years ago, went to a number of his uh, uh, seminars and, and classes and talked to him personally. He was at the dinner table and... And so, yeah, de definitely raised up in, in the principles of freedom and liberty. So tell me your path then. You went to um, higher level education, right? Yeah, so after high school, I served a, a two-year mission in South Africa and saw an interesting version of um, socialism there known as apartheid. It was awful. and It was and brutal, wasn't it? It, it was. I, I was there just as Mandela was getting elected and the nation was about to erupt in civil war. And so it was interesting, but it was so grateful for those black people that were able to vote for the very first time in their life. That was an unbelievable time in world history. But I came back and um, got an undergraduate degree in business, a graduate degree in business, both from Arizona State University. So go Sun Devils. There you go. Married my beautiful wife, Diane. Uh, worked for 10 years in, in uh, corporations in high-tech global manufacturing. Really enjoyed that, but it became a little bit old and uh, told my dad, hey, if you ever need any help, love to come help you. So now instead of building car parts and cell phone parts, we build young men and young women, and it's so much more rewarding. We educate hearts and minds. So tell us about the charter schools, because a lot of people say, you know what, I agree they're school choice, but they're still a government school. That part's true, right? It's, but it's, here's the, here's the difference, no, the, the way I describe true, it. Part true, right? Part true. Okay. However, it's, it's let's talk about the distinctions school. now. Mm -hmm. I understand. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about the distinctions because that's really where, uh, when your father went down and when you guys kind of learned about this, you kind of understood that the opportunity is. It's that difference that creates the opportunity, right? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, because it's privately operated. It's not publicly operated, and that's the big difference. So we have great discretion over our curriculum. See, that is a key difference that's really important, ladies and gentlemen, that you got to understand. That's where the whole term school choice comes from, right? Yep, absolutely. All right, so tell me how you guys got the principles and stuff like that that you put together in the curriculum that you're using then um, for HeritageAcademyAZ.com. So my father had been teaching many years, as you, as you mentioned, with Dr. Skousen and National Center for Constitutional Studies, so he already had an installed base of curriculum there. Um, at the end of the day, we teach the principles that are in the Constitution and Declaration. So it's something that's been around for a very long time, but we're able to package it not for um, some pedantic college class or some law school where everybody goes to sleep, but where it really lights a fire and ignites in the hearts and minds of our young people the ideals and values of the great men and women who founded our country. And that's what it's all about, because our theme and vision at Heritage is to build America's heroes. And boy, do we need them. <laughs> build America's heroes. And the way you do that is you tether them to their history. You tether them to heroes of the past that makes you want to live like them and adopt their governing values and, and, and learn who they are and then do your very best to measure up, if you will. It takes a lot of work, a lot of grit, a lot of 
blood, sweat, and tears. But you know what? It is doable, and that's the message, right? Yeah, it's such a freedom is such a gift, and it's something that we can't take for granted. It can be lost in one generation. It's Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan reminded us. So, is the school day like a normal school day? Tell me how it all works. We run a four-day block, so we don't actually have school on Fridays, which is great. And Students I, and I bet love the kids that. Are going, yeah, <laughs> come on. Yep, we'd all like. Right. They all do homework on Fridays, right? Mm, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but otherwise, it's you know, we t two classes, lunch, another two classes. They're involved in. Um, very, very rich academics, but we also surround them with, with uh, state champion level athletics and very high level arts as well. So it's very well-rounded. But I'll tell you, even above what we teach above liberty and uh, freedom and the curriculum, my dad put in our mission statement that the purpose of education is to build strong character. And he felt that that was so important um, because if you reflect on what John Adams said, that this country, this constitution is, is only based for, for a moral and virtuous people. I'm, I'm destroying the quote there a little bit. But it relies on a moral and virtuous people. The founders talked a lot about civic virtue. You have to have young people grow up to be adults <clears throat> that love their country, that are loyal, that are honest, that are patient and kind with one another. That's what a civil society is based on. And just this week, I, I reminded my new teachers, I said, isn't this, isn't a civil society and, and civilized human beings with strong character more needed now than ever? All right. I want to talk about this, though. Is this kindergarten through 12th? We are junior high and high school this year, but we are starting our first elementary school uh, this, up, this next year. All right. And do you start with, uh, say, sixth grade going down, or are you going to do the whole shooting match at once? Well, right now we're 6 through 12. We have four campuses, about 3,000 students. So we're going to have an elementary at one of our sites, and that'll be from K to 12 at that particular site. So we're very, very excited about that. Is it hard to find teachers that get it, sir? That, yes. Because I know that's, that's a, a challenge. challenge is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, that, that's a, I'm glad you asked that question. It very much is because uh, you don't actually get that. In fact, um, in 2015, I was appointed to the State Board of Education in Arizona by Governor Doug Ducey. And there was a lot of things I voted against, and one of the things I voted against, I got it knocked down once, but eventually we got overwhelmed by it, was a, an updated version of the teacher prep standards. So these are what's required for teachers to learn in the, college, in the teacher prep programs all across the state of Arizona. And when we say learn, what we mean by that is this is the curriculum that they're taught, that they're that's pushed on them. That's right. Okay. That's right. And the prior standards, there were five of them. They were very simple. They were non-political. But the standards that were pushed on us from some stupid think tank out of Washington, D.C., um, we had expanded it to about 10 to 15, and they were very convoluted, but they were explicit in that you need to be teaching social justice and equity and all of that political nonsense. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, there you have it. Incredible interview continuing. Yeah, we're talking to Jared Taylor about education. Even in the... Um, charter schools, they're supposed to have a lot of autonomy. Ooh, they're trying to strike hard at that, aren't they? Quick pause, more in seconds on your radio.
You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. One of the great questions is, can the power of love save us all, ladies and gentlemen? And the answer is, I think so, if we're talking about the right kind of love. The love that Jesus Christ provides through his sacrifice, no doubt, can indeed save us all. I know a lot of people say, well, I'm spiritual, Sam. I'm not, uh, you know, whatever. I get it. I understand. But I also say that love can save us all, the right kind of love. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're continuing this interview with Jared Taylor. And like I said, we got it knocked down once, but they came back with two hours of testimony and all these letters from the universities, and I just couldn't get the votes to, to, to overturn it. And now in Arizona, the teacher prep programs are required to teach social justice and all of that nonsense. And do you have to have those, quote, credential teachers that have done that, or does the charter school give you enough autonomy? No, no, we do. We can hire people that come outside of that. But the large, large number of people that apply do come from the college teacher prep programs. So we definitely look for the people that actually have, you know, the, the background and maybe a, a bachelor's of science in history or... Um, you know, mathematics for a math job or sure. biology or something like that. So they, I tell people, don't go through the teacher prep programs, frankly, because I want someone that's deep in a content knowledge rather than someone just knows how to write curriculum. You know, um, there's a secretary uh, of agriculture, uh, Ezra Tapp Benson, back in the Eisenhower administration. He taught a principle that you've got to unlearn all the wrong things that you've learned so that now you're open-minded <laughs> enough to actually learn the truth of the matter, right? Yep. Yep, and there's then there's still some great people that, and that's an interesting thing about about teachers is because they they, they 
it's kind of a clean sheet. Liberty's a clean sheet of paper for them. They've, they've been told a lot of things. Yeah, they've been are, indoctrinated, manipulated for so but, long. Yeah, but it doesn't resonate with their values. Of course not. And sure. so they're looking for something that does resonate with their values. And so when we come with them and we say we're teaching Jefferson as Jefferson taught and Washington as Washington taught, they said, yeah, that's, you know what? I, I like that. That does resonate. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and freedom makes sense. And say, what did they teach, right? Right, exactly. And that quest is self-driven. It's not forced down their throats. It's self-driven, self-led, because they start to hear real stories, and they start to learn about real governing values, and they start to learn about real people doing hard things and succeeding, and, and then they get excited, right? Well, freedom resonates with everybody. Freedom, re people want to be free. And, and it, it's natural for someone to want to be self-deterministic and self-governing and so forth. So, so yeah, it's, it works really well. Heritage or Heritage Academy dot or at az.com, Heritage Academy az.com. And uh, what have I overlooked? I know we don't have time to cover everything in a short interview, but what have I overlooked that you really want everybody to know? Well, we love what we do. We're committed to the growth and development of young people, and that's what it's all about. Our the the the, the, the what happens in our schools today is a reflection of our. Um, our society in the future and so that's what we're trying to do just build good people that know something about freedom and liberty and they're ready to serve and that's how we're building America's heroes so thank you for thank you for uh, your minute today in talking about this ladies and gentlemen Jared Taylor he's president and CEO of Heritage Academy they got four campuses in Arizona 3,000 students charter school with quite a bit of autonomy. It's surprising of the autonomy they've managed to build into some of these new school choice options. HeritageAcademyAZ.com. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible interview with Jared Taylor from Arizona talking about solutions, baby. You got to dig that. You got to love it. We need more solutions, uh, uh, if you will. A quick recap, then. We've had three incredible interviews. Fresh interviews. Jim Babka, DC.org. Um, let's see. Carla Howell, singer, songwriter. CarlaHowell.com. Um, then Howard Lickman. ThickRedLine.org. Government-Scam.com. Incredible uh, guest. So that's what, three guests. And then Jared Taylor. President and CEO of HeritageAcademyAZ.com. Building America's Heroes is their slogan, their goal. Amen to all that. So four incredible interviews just in the two-hour show today. That's just some of the content that I've been able to put together at Freedom Fest while not being able to be live. So there you have that. As you can tell, my voice is kind of going out, too. Uh, so these interviews have been a blessing to save my voice if you will. And I didn't want to have a guest today because I wanted to get to uh, a lot of these interviews. I don't want time to go by <clears throat> before you can hear them. I do want to highlight a topic that I find interesting. Headline says this, millions of Americans getting stranded as airlines melt down. No doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. American Airlines literally canceling thousands of flights. Headline says American Airlines just slashed nearly 1,000 July uh, flights as woes mount. 
Millions of Americans are getting stranded. American Airlines melting down. Now, the next headline says this. Southwest Airlines concedes summer flight woes pledges fix USA Today. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's bad enough with the airlines melting down. But they're literally canceling flights. And they're doing so, blaming it on the weather. And sometimes it may be the weather. I don't deny that. But really, oftentimes, staffing problems at the core of this. What they did was, because nobody could fly by force of government, the airlines ratcheted their processes and their capabilities down so far that now that there's a resurgence in travel, they cannot handle the load. Now, I know there's a bunch of problems, and you can't blame it on one issue, but that is the core. The government meddling in and forcing these businesses to, for the most part, shut down or be so minimalistic in the amount of flights that people were allowed to go on that now that when the society's coming back, they can't handle the load. They don't have the workers. They don't have the staff. Everybody's doing furloughed. A lot of the staff has gone and looked for and found other jobs, etc. It is disaster. But the airlines, uh, I believe, are headed for a very dismal future. Um, you can't rely on, rely on them anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Let me give you an example. I just went to Freedom Fest, and I set up a flight to go out on Wednesday morning. I was going to be there in time to meet everybody and do everything I needed to do Wednesday morning. It was going to be great. We were all excited. It was wonderful. But then all of a sudden, Delta emails me and says, we've moved your flight to the evening, literally like 10 hours later. Nine hours later, which means I would have missed everything that I had intended to go to, right? So then I said, we'll move my flight to the previous day. They did. Great. Awesome. Whoa, hold on. They moved it to the evening of the previous day, not the morning, which again caused me problems. Because they canceled all the morning flights, not just mine. So eventually I had to cancel my flights and drive. So we literally rented a car and drove to the event 10 hours each way. And I just chalked that up to, well, they made one change and I had my issues and therefore that, you know, bigger deal than it was. No big deal. Fine. But that was a massive problem because they canceled flights. They canceled flights because they don't have the staff. They don't have the staff because government shut them down. Right? Well, then now my buddies are flying from uh, Freedom Fest, South Dakota, Rapid City, to Florida. They uh, go to the airport. Well, first off, when they went to the airport in the very beginning to travel to uh, the Freedom Fest, their flight was delayed over seven hours. So they're supposed to get there uh, early in the morning, like nine or 11 o'clock in the morning. They didn't get there till five in the afternoon kind of a thing. Just disaster, right? Anyway, so that happened. Um, that was on their way. To the Freedom Fest. Uh, but then on the way back, it got worse. It wasn't just a delayed flight like over seven hours. And he moved them to a different um, transfer city. They literally had their flight delayed. Then they got on the flight. They got rerouted to Charlotte. Then Charlotte had weather. So they sat on the plane for like seven hours because of a so-called storm. Then they got to their flight but they ran to make it and the flight was delayed and then the flight was canceled 
So now they're stuck in Charlotte, North Carolina. Their flight home was canceled, the second leg of their flight. And the airline says it's due to weather. It's not our fault. There's nothing we can do. So now they're forced to go get a hotel. They're trying to rent a car. There's no cars available because the car industry is melting down too. Yes, it is. All right. Car rental costs are spiking. If you can even find a vehicle, in their case, they can't find a vehicle. Well, when I tried to get a car to go out there now to drive because my flights got all messed up, I couldn't hardly find a vehicle. I finally found one, but the costs are out of control. It was double what it should have been. Rental car rates skyrocketing. Rental car costs surge to record highs. Why? Because rental car companies had to purchase cars for higher prices because they're renting them for, now they're renting them for much more. So you literally got this situation where now the car rental companies are melting down. They can't get enough vehicles. What do they do? Well, they got rid of a lot of their fleets because they can't just have old vehicles sitting around forever. Now they're trying to buy new vehicles to ramp up again, but they can't. Why? Because there's not enough chips for cars. Why? Because they shut down the chip plants. Why? Supposedly because of the COVID. No, really because government overreaction to the COVID. Now we're paying again. So inflation, literally at the helm everywhere. Out of control. Crazy. Just a problem. So you've got airlines that are melting down. You've got car companies that are melting down. I wouldn't say hotels are melting down. I would say, though, they're charging more and getting a premium. And they're doing less for us. Whenever I go to a hotel now, they're like, ah, we're not going to clean your room. You know what? Call us in if you need us. Um, Come to the front desk and get towels, but we're not going to clean your room. It's the COVID, don't you know? But you would think a cleaner room would be less COVID, but no. Anyway, what they're really doing is saving money. So a lot of the reaction you see to COVID is because government forced everyone to shut down and now they can't ramp back up. A lot of the problem is that because of all the mandates and all the extra requirements of compliance and everything else, these businesses just can't handle it. And because everybody's business is on the rope financially, because of the government overreaction to the COVID, now you have a situation where all these businesses are just trying to stay, save enough money to stay in business. So now you got less service and higher costs at hotels. You struggle to rent a car if you can get one at all. It's double, triple the cost. If you want to get a plane ride, good luck. They'll probably cancel your flight. I mean, you literally have Southwest Airlines, one of the best in the business, at least in recent modern times, now saying they're only making 62% of their flights on time. That's a dismal, horrible record. It's all because of government's reaction to the COVID, ladies and gentlemen. It's bogus. But expect travel costs to rise out of control. And expect the reliability of your current traditional travel to be at an all-time low. If you want to travel, beware. I'm warning you, you ought to drive. Thanks for being alongside with the ride. Hopefully the broadcast is educational and entertaining. Hard-hitting, that's for sure. Thanks so much for being along. Hard-hitting talk continues tomorrow. Two hours a day, six days a week. Tell your friends and neighbors to listen, will you please? LovingLiberty.net, LibertyRoundTable.com. Spread the word. God save the Republic of the United States of America.